0: Once COVID happened, I was just like, I want to wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. This episode is brought to you by Lincoln and the all new 2024 Nautilus Hybrid featuring customizable 48 inch panoramic display, available Revel audio system, and available perfect position front seats with active motion massage. Oh my God. The world isn't wide enough. Visit Lincoln.com to learn more. Some models, trims and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Check with your local retailer for current information. Lincoln and Nautilus are trademarks of Ford or its affiliates.
1: Hey guys, it's Kyle today on 10 Questions. Jim Belushi. Guy's been in Hollywood 40 years. He's got unbelievable Arnold Schwarzenegger stories. Tupac stories. Thoughts on the Bears, on the Cubs, an amazing man who did this with a cigar and a dog. One of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Jim Belushi, it's all yours. Bruce Buffer, let's do it.
2: This podcast is scheduled for 10 questions. Hiding out of New York, standing at 5 feet 11 inches tall and wearing the red, white, and blue box
0: presenting
1: here we go 10 questions you know it you love it we do not have conversations here we have competitions we don't have guests we have contestants Every single person leaves with a score. It could be zero, it could be one, it could be ten. That is up to them because there is ten questions like the show states. Somehow having to do with the contestant's life, this guy's had an amazing life. But before we get him in here, I want to give him some context. This uh, Chicago suburb native should hear a few of the prior contestants and their scores to see what he's up against. Let's do a little roll call for today's contestant.
0: Hi, I'm Paul Rudd, and I got a seven out of ten. Hello, I'm
2: Brett Favre, and I got 7 out of 10. I'm Aaron Rodgers, and I got 6 out of 10.
0: All
1: right, a lot of Packers in there. Let's get this guy in here. Here's what you need to know about today's contestant. He is what's referred to as an Illinois alpha male. He does enjoy going skinny dipping. He's really good at the speed bag. He is an actor, dancer, singer, farmer, and the star of Growing Belushi on Discovery Season 2, January 19th at 10 p.m. I am so excited to talk to this guy, Mr. Jim Belushi. Welcome to 10 Questions. Hey, hey. my here. Oh, it's great to see you. Jim, we've had um, Matthew McConaughey had whiskey. Viggo Mortensen rolled a cigarette. We have never had a cigar contestant. You look beautiful. God, thank you. It's the
2: beautiful river here, the Rogue River in Oregon.
1: Is that the very
2: river that you've gone uh, swimming
1: in, uh, Jim,
2: with uh, no clothes? That's the spot right there, right there. <laughs> that's where I dive in, man. I walk down these little steps. then walk down. I yeah. take my dog. I take my dog with me. Oh, yeah. go down, and there it is.
1: God, you have a hell of a life and we want to get into this and everything you're doing now. Speaking of diving in, Jim, this is going to be a little different. Like I said, I got 10 questions for you. They're going to seem strange and eccentric and I promise you they somehow connect to your life and your career. Are you ready to go? I'm ready to go, man. I want to be the repacker on your show. (laughs) All right. Before we start, Jim, you do have one lifeline. If a question is a little unusual or you got no clue, our lifeline here is called Ask a Millennial. We have a real millennial standing by in another window, and he will come in and offer his youthful perspective. All right? Got it. (laughs) All right. Here
2: we go. Ten questions. Ask a Millennial politely. Sure. I mean, that's That's what it should be called. Ask a Millennial politely.
1: Ask a millennial politely so they may not be disturbed in their safe space. Jim, we're off and running. He's playing fetch and puffing. Let's do it. Ten questions for Jim Belushi. Question number one, Jim, your category is Academy Awards. Academy Awards, all right? Leonardo DiCaprio won the Oscar a handful of years back for a movie called The Revenant. Jim, in The Revenant, what animal does Leonardo DiCaprio fight He fight he's in the woods he fights an animal it's very uh very ugly it was... It was... A bit... a bear he says a bear, bear. Oh. he says bear i'm gonna take bears jim belushi one for one you better believe it he fights a grizzly bear jim yeah 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 you know what's funny we're meeting right now both of them are chicago suburbs we're having this conversation on monday Today of all days, just two Bear fans getting together. And today the Chicago Bears fired their coach. They fired their GM. Um, never mind the headlines, Jim. Just tell me, what is it like? What is the identity of a Bears fan as far
2: as you're concerned? Well, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little difficult. Uh, I'm very sensitive. Uh, there was a period of four years there that I didn't even watch the Bears because I was getting too upset. And it was causing kind of a, a problem within the family. Uh-huh. Uh, people would disappear from the house when the Bears were on. I thought my wife was a sports fan, but no, she was just a fan of when the Bears were on. Time to get the children to go visit the mother-in-law. <laughs> uh, I get very, uh, I think I do all my acting out during those games. Uh, it's, it's hard on my soul. It's hard on my body. Uh, naps, all kinds of things happen. It's very difficult for me. Uh, I did not watch the last two games. That's how upset I've been about this season. Um, And this this firing is just fine with me.
1: Mm -hmm. I think you speak for a lot of Bears when you say it's fine with you. I'm fascinated, Jim, because we all have that period where we just say, I just can't do it anymore. I can't watch. I
2: I, I, I just, it's. You know, how many times did they go to the third quarter leading and then lose? All right, don't get me going. Just don't – I'm like – I'm in a peaceful – I'm in Oregon right I know, now.
1: I know. I know. You're right. Indulge I me one detail.
2: I'm here to settle down for
1: the <laughs> goddamn season. <laughs> I know. And, and it's, it, you, if you're just listening and not watching, you should see it, Jim looks so beautiful and the background is so serene. I just want to – I want to push you for one detail, Jim. That period where you could no longer watch – who was the head coach of that period? Was it Wanstead or am I off? Wanstead. Wanstead. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. 90s. Yeah. Tough. It was a long period. It's like, hey, man, you want to play fantasy football? I don't want to play any football. Hey, you know, you want to get together and watch Monday Night Football? I don't watch football.
1: Yeah. Can't do it. I'm out. There are good times, though, too, Jim. I'm looking up, you know, in the 85 thing when they were superstars and rock stars you were that was around your Saturday Night Live era. You were just about to do about last night. Do you have memories of the '85 Bears personally?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, uh, during that time, I, I saw every home game. Uh, my wife at the time, uh, her grandfather was one of the guys who built Soldier Field, so they had they had perfect seats on the fifty yard line, and it was two seats, and then they, uh, two seats were full, and four seats were empty, and the two seats was uh, Gail Sears. Was Gail Sears? So it was the best seats in the house. And that was the most beautiful season. And I went to the game in New Orleans. And when they won, I turned to my wife and I said, it's going to be a good year. And that was the year about last night came out and I became a movie star and I moved to California. And when the Bears win the Super Bowl, I do well. (laughs) We all do well.
1: We really do. January 1986, New Orleans, and then you go to L.A. It's beautiful. You know what else is beautiful, Jim? You're one for one. Question number two. Let's get two for two. Let's do this thing. Your category is very simple. Chicago Cubs. Here you go. Jim, what Chicago Cub great was known as the Hawk? hawk that was his nickname great player he's in the hall of fame now excellent player certainly around that time Who'd you right. say? Uh, same era as ryan sandberg ryan sandberg was rhino who was the hawk some of those same teams i don't think the millennial lifeline would help because i don't nah. think he was born then no <laughs> <laughs> um you want to take a shot well, at the
2: same time as Ryan Damber. yeah, it wasn't the kickman, key, key, it was, uh, no. You're going to kick yourself, because I
1: know you know this guy. The correct answer for the Hawk was right fielder Andre Dawson.
2: Oh, Dawson! How do you feel, bud? I'm... I, I... I'm getting, I, I might turn off the next eight questions. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Have I now become your Dave Wanstead?
2: You, you're you going to turn what, me off? What are you doing to me, man? What are you doing?
1: <laughs> um, it was Andre Dawson. You're one for two. That's fine. Let's talk Cubs, Jim. I know you said once that you could die happy because the Bears and
2: Cubs both yeah. won
1: it all. Is that true?
2: Yeah. You know, uh, uh, my, uncle, my uncle Dino was, you know, the biggest Cubs fan ever. and he had every single game on WGN always watching and, and uh, he was dying that year and could, and he could, he, he couldn't quite make the world series. And he, he, he passed and right before he goes, Oh, that's okay. I'm going to, they're going to choke. And I go, i go Dean. I don't think so. I think they go all the way. No, they're going to choke. And He, he passed away. And I feel bad because in his lifetime, he never saw the Cubs win.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, uh, uh, Rick has told me a story that he used to go, and, you know, in the stands and walk around and meet the sure. people, the fans. And he said, you know, the number one question that that, that I get what? is, is it going to happen in my lifetime? Yeah. So, and he goes, yes, it will. Yes, it will. So, yeah, they won. The Bears won. I was at both of them. I, I feel good. I was at the Blackhawks.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, I mean, uh, I was at the Bulls. You know, for a Chicago sports fan, you know, I've, I've been very fortunate to to be graced with the spirit of those wins.
1: No doubt. It really is awesome. I got to see the same things. I went to one of those World Series games. They got down 3-1 to one in that series, and they came back. It was just only the Cubs could do it that way. Jim, this is going to end well for you too. I promise this little game, this little world series we have going on here is going to end well. i put a lot of thought into these questions. Question number three, Mr. Belushi. We're talking to him. He's the star of Growing Belushi. And speaking of that, all right, Jim, here we go. Your category for number three is sitcom theme songs. All right? We're going to go back to, again, the 1980s. Very, very popular primetime sitcom. Family situation, all that type of thing. I'm going to play you the theme song. You need to tell me the name of the song, of the show, rather. Jim Belushi, name this sitcom theme song.
0: As long as we keep on giving, we can take anything that comes our way. Baby, rain shine, all the time, we got each other, sharing
3: the laughter.
2: What do you think? I never watched that one. Oh,
1: no. This was a big hit. I'm sure you watched it.
2: I think that was during
1: my LSD days. I don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. what it was. Wow. Okay. Family. Yeah. It's a family with the dad and the mom and the few kids. And it ran for probably five show? No. That was Family Ties. You're on the right track.
2: Yeah. Oh, No. I didn't know I, I was, was pulling... I've been a sitcom for eight years, man. I, I, by the way, I, I wrote the theme song for my show. I know Is that about... true? And, and the, the problem was back then they had to do a theme song that told the story. And by yeah. the time I... It, it was only 11 seconds. <laughs> uh, That's true. And I know it's not Laverne and Shirley. I know it's not D. and I know it's not... Uh, no. and I know it's not uh,
0: Oh, uh,
1: remember, it has something to do with you. Specifically, the name of this show somehow directly relates to what you're doing right now. That's why I chose it. I didn't know it came from the uh, tripping Belushi face. What was that, Jim? Growing pains. Could it be growing pains? Jim, we did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's growing pains. That's what you, you have sometimes. You Come help on. me. You oh, helped yeah. me. I helped I th- you a ton. Chicago guy for you thank you so much for that <laughs> midwestern hospitality the lawyers are going to be furious but it, it, the lawyers be damned growing pains growing belushi jim i'm watching the show last night i'm watching season two episode one it premieres january 19 10 p.m discovery it's so fun so crazy it's a, a little survivor a little british bake-off just a little bit of gilligan's island it's got everything i loved
2: it what's it like making it thank you yeah it's uh Entertainment, I call it. Yeah. We're ed- people about the the real cannabis, but it's also entertaining. We're we're very funny. My cousin Chris is very yeah. funny. Danny Aykroyd's in it. I mean, we we got a lot of a lot going on.
1: It's um, amazingly funny, and what these sh- when these shows work, it's when they have the great characters and the great setting. The farm is obvious. The guys you mentioned are unbelievable, and then you. I got to tell you, fascinating to watch you as someone who's watched you my whole life. You have, Jim, this is my question. You have this great life on paper from our perspective. You're famous and you're acting and you're making money and you're L.A. Why the pivot to Washington to become a farmer? Why would you change that life like that?
2: Well, uh, it was uh, I, I just fell into it. I just kind of do what's in front of me. It's Oregon, by the way, Southern Oregon. Uh, I Oregon. just kind of fell into it. I. You know, as an improvisational actor, you take what's in front of you and you heighten it. And I dove in the river one time here in Oregon at my friend's house down the river. And I came out of the river and I was like, I should get a place here. I bought the farm next to me. And I was like, well, what am I going to grow? And I was like, Well, wow, cannabis is legal. I all oh, the new agriculture. Mm-hmm. And so I started this little kind of hobby grow and it's turned into this big business. I don't know. I just kind of followed the plants, did what was in front of me. And I just, I'm here. I don't know how I got here. I really don't.
1: It's, it's really entertaining in the show because that's, that sort of, I don't know how I got here mentality really permeates. It feels like you've got this thing, like, I guess I'm going to figure this out and it looks so fun. Do you have fun doing it?
2: Oh yeah, man. I'm loving it. Um, first of all, I love the show, you know, it's just yeah. it's really fun and it has depth to it and meaning and comedy, all the elements that I enjoy in entertainment. But, uh, it's, it's, you know, to be honest with you, I'm in a, I'm an entertainer. I've been an actor, comic actor 40 years and purpose has always been to what make people feel good and cannabis makes people feel good. I'm not talking about getting high, although that makes you feel good too. I'm talking about PTSD, helping with Alzheimer's, calming them down, um, the back pain, sleeplessness, hopelessness. Also the taste of food, the sound of music, the touch of your lover's hand, enlightenment. And, And it's all, I personally think it's a healthier choice in medicine to help with ailments in your life. Everybody knows somebody who's struggling. Everybody's struggling. Everybody's looking for a medicine. It's a medicine society. The ads with aspirin all the way to all the things they advertise on TV. And I, all I'm saying is this medicine is a safer medicine. That's more of a spiritual medicine. And you don't have to poison your body with pharmaceuticals or too much alcohol to take away that anxiety or that stress from PTSD. Or the seizures in a family every family there's somebody struggling and it's, there's a choice here that's gentler that's all but it it makes people feel good so i'm in that i'm still on purpose and i'm still making movies and i'm making television so i'm I'm having a good old time man.
1: it shows in the show and the stuff you're talking about with the marijuana is that's the edu of the edutainment which I want to talk about more for here for question four I got a lot of questions about this question four Jim we're moving on you are two out of three albeit with some help on the sitcom theme song question question number four your category is legal tender and this is multiple choice you're in lock and you still have your lifeline Jim the modern U.S. dime meaning the coin the modern U.S. dime is made mostly of what metal is it A. copper B. zinc or C. nickel well, it's not
2: nickel. Smart. <laughs> I know it's not. Well, it's not zinc. It's too expensive. But copper is expensive too, but it's cool copper. Thing. Copper.
1: The, it, with the most confidence of any answer yet, Jim Belushi says copper is what comprises the modern dime. Is he correct? Is it copper? You're damn right it's copper, Jim. You're at three for four right now. Um, I'm asking you about dimes because. The old expression, dime bag, marijuana oh, goes back a long way. Uh, I want to pick it up right where we're talking about, the edutainment. There's a there's a, there's a rapidly plummeting stigma about marijuana. What do you say to someone who, who grew up in the Nancy Reagan, just say no, say nope to dope. It's a drug. It's the devil's lettuce. I'm just going to stick to my martinis and beers, and I don't want to hear anything about this stuff because that person is out there. What,
2: what do you say to them? I say that that person isn't out there anymore. Okay. Uh, I'm exposed to a hell of a demographic. I was at dinner with six people. The most conservative people you'd ever want to meet, my mother-in-law, her boyfriend, two uh, older couples. Uh, they have Fox News blaring 24 hours a day, very loud. Okay. I was there at dinner. My wife was out of town she thought i'd want to have something to eat and i was scared to death of these very conservative people okay i didn't want cannabis to come up and my mother-in-law brings it up all six of them turned to me and said you know what my, my hand hurts and i can't golf right now i hear that there's something that can help with that and i said well yeah that's cbd what is cbd well it's a cannabinoid and the endocannabinoid system you go, Oh, you know, my shoulder hurts. Well, you probably want a little bit. To, do I need to take? What is this one to one thing? As well as one THC to one. See, the uh, the one old woman goes. I just want to have fun and feel good. As well, then you get. I all of a sudden became a pharmacist with the most. I only run into people who are curious about cannabis. Thirty-seven states are legal, you know, a medically or recreationally. People want to know the alternative of how they can feel better, especially in these times, the anxiety, the fear, the unknowingness, the sadness, you know, they're getting tired of the alcohol and how it makes them feel. They want something light, easy, and I'm telling you, I just run into, I don't run into a naysayer. I have not run into one person and say, you're doing this wrong, you know not one pleasure knows no politics is what we're finding out well not just pleasure but the medicine mm-hmm. uh you know my my father-in-law who you know stepfather-in-law who passed away at the end they had him on morphine i said give him a candy bar with fusion in it i said he'll be able to talk to his family yeah hospice this is great for hospice they put him on that candy bar and he was still out of pain, mitigated pain. It wasn't an answer all, but he was able to open his eyes and talk to his family at the end. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my dad, they just morphined up and he was uh, out. Mm -hmm. Dad, dad. But this may help there. It helps in so many different places.
1: This is, this is some of the stuff you learn on growing Belushi discovery January, 19, 10 PM. In addition to all the entertainment, Jim, I have to address this. This is something that you've said. And I know that your buddy, Dan Aykroyd has said, you've said that if your late brother, John had used marijuana, he may still be here today. How is that?
2: Well, you know, you're a sports guy, you know, the reality of CTE.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, John was the middle linebacker. uh, Wheaton central. Uh, five, seven, tough as nails. He had the most tackles. He was all state, all conference. Uh, He banged his head a lot, a lot. And back then, it was like, what's the matter? you get your bell rung? Uh, You know, they put you right back in. And senior year, there was a moment in my house where the TV was too loud, and I went in the other room, the kitchen. I said, "John, turn it down. He was there. I went into the utility room, and he was hanging on to that little cement sink where the laundry machine was. And he was shaking. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was doing a gag. And he fell. And I went, come on, John. You know, turn the TV down. Yeah. And I went, mom. Boom. Ambulance. Pulling the tongue out of the mouth. Totally seizure. Spinal taps. X-rays. They could never figure it out. So I believe my brother was suffering from CTE himself. And I believe a lot of the, I'm not minimizing him as an addict, but a lot of the usage had to do with that. And I think if he just stayed with the pot, I think he'd still be alive today. And because I don't know how much uh, cannabis would help CTE, but I, I just believe if he stayed with the pot, he'd be okay.
1: I didn't know that about your brother. I, I don't think enough people do. I think the the, the cursory explanation is ah, oh, he was into drugs, party guy, Hollywood party guy. I, I had was, no idea.
2: The part of the culture at that time was party. Mm-hmm. It was safe. You know, Pablo yeah. Escobar came in and uh, gave the United States uh, this party drug, and it was you were unhip if you weren't doing cocaine back then. So uh, it was culture too. He was leading the world with it with saturday night live making those cocaine jokes with and the donut but in commenting on the culture and i think he got caught up in that culture too but i think the usage had to do with more of a medical situation as my opinion only
1: well look you were the only one who was in there when he's by the cement sink i think you're entitled to that opinion jim you know um that was fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. I know it's very personal, and I love the show. I really do. Everybody watch Growing Belushi. Do you remember January 19th, season two? It's 10 p.m. on Discovery. Meanwhile, Jim Belushi, we have so much more to cover. We're going to move up three out of four. Question number five. This is going to be fun for you. Everybody loves this category. This is simple. Name the movie. I'm going to play a simple clip for you from a movie, Major Motion Picture. I would imagine you've probably seen it. It's going to be about 20 seconds long, Jim. All you have to do is tell me the name of the movie, and you go for a red-hot four out of five, Jim Belushi, name this movie. Vincent. Man. Dearest Vincent, I know
3: you don't know who I am, but believe me, I came halfway whoa, across the whoa, world. Whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, to... whoa. I got another six hours to pay the money back. And tell the Klain brothers that harassing a man who's already in the slammer is beneath even them, all right?
0: I don't know any claim brothers. I'm yeah. your brother, Julius.
1: What do you think?
2: Oh. Uh... That's Arnold, for yep. sure. hmm
1: Definitely Arnold. You can't mistake that voice.
2: Uh, it's not the movie I did with him. That dialogue does not sound familiar. Vincent. Oh, that is. That's Red Heat. Is no. it? Re- what do you think? Did you like, recognize
1: the other voice? The other voice is an iconic actor that has been around for years. Talking about yeah. it. I'm your he, brother. See, I like Belushi. I'm trying to help him so much. Way too much. I should just shut up. Vincent, I'm your brother. Now, what movie oh, is that? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The brother, uh, Twins. That's it. We did it, Jim. We're four out of five. Oh, my gosh. Um, Danny, Danny, Danny,
1: Danny. Yeah. Danny, Danny. All right. So, uh, Jim, do you remember the first time you ever met Arnold?
2: Yes, I met him on the set in Chicago. And the first thing he said to me was, you're too skinny. (laughs) You're supposed to be a chubby Chicago cop. And I was, you know, I was like trying to be a movie star. I was working out, getting going. And uh, so every day, anytime I walked by his trailer, he would bring me in to sit "Sit down, sit down. He'd have Haagen-Dazs ice cream and cookies. And I'd watch him eat it. And they'd go, come on, come on. Well, he was doing, you know, that exercise bike every day for an hour. He burned off all that sugar. Me, he fattened up. I got, I gained 10 pounds on that damn movie from Arnold. Arnold <laughs> gets what he wants.
1: They always say about him that when you meet him, he has this otherworldly charisma and presence in the room and this magnetism. Is that all, did you feel that or was he, was that all overrated? Like, what was the Arnold experience over time? Uh,
2: you know, one of those times I was sitting in the trailer uh, after we were eating ice cream and cookies, I remember walking out with my friend Joe and I said, this guy's going to be a senator one day. And that was in 87, 88, -hmm. before he had any political aspiration. I mean, he was, Arnold Schwarzenegger is one of the smartest men I know. Great humor, very fair, very funny, and by the way, very generous. Mm. Not just money-wise, but with his heart. I I was getting married at the time. He sat with me, gave me beautiful advice. He gave me great advice about doing publicity. Mm. He was. I mean, I can tell you a story if you have the time. But I mean, me, thrilling. Jim.
1: go for it. It's Arnold. We love
2: it. Well, we're doing a live. We were doing a live interview, a uh, CBS Morning Live to, or Today Show, mm-hmm. for Red Heat from the set, and uh, he, he. They said to him, uh, "What's it like uh, working with uh, Jim Belushi?" You know, oh, Jimmy's a. He's an improviser. He's so funny. He makes up stuff all the time. There's a scene at the end of the movie where we're driving the bus. I'm driving, and he's cracking me up, and I turn the bus, and we hit six cars and knocked over some parking meters. Oh, my God, he's so funny. And they turn to me, and they go, yeah, and I went, yeah. He made it all up. <laughs> this is all BS. He, all he wanted to do is get get to the action scene to discuss the action. (laughs) He goes, Jim, you know, you're a Midwest, nice guy. You want to answer people's questions in an honest way. He goes, no, they don't want to hear that. He goes, ever since the Kennedys passed, Mm -hmm. there's been no royalty in America. Mm -hmm. You know, like in England, they have their queens. Now celebrities, actors are the royalty, and people want to hear that you are living a royal life. You know, and I go, he goes, give me a question. Give me the toughest question. And I said, here's the worst question I get, Arnold. They always change their voice when they ask me this question. They go, Jim, do you miss your brother John? I said, I hate that goddamn question, Arnold. He goes, ask me. I go, Arnold, Jim, do you miss your brother John? He goes, this is his answer miss him. Do I miss him? You know what he's missing? There's a scene in this movie that he would really love. It's where <laughs> The police cars were chasing the bad guy, right? Now we're in the big bus. The police car. are not, and now we're in the movie. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, no. I, by the way, that's just one. I mean, I can give you about six others that he gave me. He's just, a, he's an amazing man. Amazing, amazing man. I love him.
1: That's so great, I'm so glad to hear that. I've never met him before, but I have that kind of a fear of missing you know meeting my hero, but I know you've spent a lot of time
2: around him.' He's very kind he you meet him, he will turn and look you right in the eye God, and beautiful. he will, he will sense if you're nervous, and if he does sense that he will he will make you feel comfortable within ten seconds. I mean, he's just an amazing man.
1: that's so nice to hear. So are you, Jim. We are four out of five. We're cruising. We're going to pick up speed here. Question number six. Uh, Jim, do you miss your brother? No, it's not that.
2: Question number six. <laughs> He's missing Growing Belushi. His name is in the title. You should see it. I got the Blues Brothers weed. He would love it.
1: <laughs> I know. He really would. That's the Arnold. It all comes back to the project. Question number six. You're going to love this one too, because this is about another buddy of yours. Maybe. We'll see. Question number six, the the, um, category is integrity, okay? Who came on this show? Ten questions with Kyle Brandt. Who came on this show, got a six out of ten, and claimed that I cheat? Is it A, Dan Aykroyd, B, Courtney Cox, or C, Guy Fieri? Who was it? You say Guy Guy already.
2: Guy. Why do you say Guy? Well, Danny's too polite. Uh, Courtney's very polite. Yeah. Guy is like me; says whatever the hell he wants.
1: <laughs> All right, he says, "Guy." I'm kind of surprised by the answer. What I'm going to do for you now is I'm going to play the guest on this show, saying their score, and that I cheat. Is it Aykroyd, Courtney Cox, or Guy? Play it. I'm Guy Fieri, and I got six out of ten. It's Kyle. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> it's Guy. I like this guy. God, that's so funny. Um, and you're right on it. He's uh, no filter. Uh, I know. He.
2: A wonderful man. He's he's on our second episode. I know. I know. Yeah. I
1: saw that's why I'm asking. Guy comes by the farm. Tell me all about it because I'm telling you this, Jim. I feel about Guy like you do about Arnold. Like I, I love him. I think he yeah. is a fantastic person. Tell me about him coming to the farm.
2: Well, first of all, he's one of the most generous men. I mean, he has a lot to give. And, you know, we all never had a lot to give except for maybe just kindness, but he he's bumped up his kindness in so many ways. Philanthropically. I mean, he, like, I can't even say the word, but he does it very secretly. He gives a lot in the, to the community, but he gave to me, he came to the farm to shoot this episode with me. Uh, and we, he, he's just, he's just, I don't know what to say except for he's very funny. And, uh, whatever you need, Belushi, uh and he was funny on the show and we cooked, we cooked infused ice cream, we cooked some Albanian dishes. And my cousin Chris, who's on the show, he's been in the restaurant business for 35 years. So Guy coming to the farm was, you know, a hero. And he was such a nervous kid, you know. I mean, he yeah. turned into a fanboy on me <laughs> on, the, on the show. And he, we, I let him cook for Guy. So oh, right. a very funny scene.
1: That's awesome. Um, People in the service industry, the restaurant industry, they look at Guy like this combination of Mother Teresa and Elvis. Like he is the man and he saves them and he helps them. I love that he's part of the show. Everybody watch Guy with Jim on Growing Belushi on Discovery Channel. Jim, I'm going to push you for this because I'm thinking about different people that could come to the farm. Think of all the people, you know, all the public figures, all the celebrities, all the actors. If you had to just pick three to come to the farm, have a smoke, sit around, uh enjoy the marijuana tell stories and play joke and say jokes who are the three that you would pick and in, in, in your whole rolodex
2: well i've already had two of them who do you got guy and dan Ackroyd. okay great yeah.
1: two. who's in yeah. that third seat with those two legends
2: uh well you know he's past john candy but um gee i don't know who would be the third arnold I don't think Arnold smokes, but I'd love for him to come. Sure. You know, I mean, uh, I'd love for him to give me some business advice on the farm. He's smart business-wise. Uh, I'd love for Arnold to come up. Or you can, Oh, Jim, I just stopped by. Uh, <laughs> see, I don't know who would be the third one. Leo DiCaprio? That's I'd it. I love All
1: right, so Aykroyd, Guy Fieri, and DiCaprio? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a great crew. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got to arrange that. That's going to be growing
2: Belushi season three. I've hung out with him a little bit, and he's he's a good, he's a great hang.
1: Yeah, is that right? Yeah, because he's so reclusive. Is just cool at at a party or something.
2: No, he's. I don't see him as reclusive. Well, maybe he is, but you know, he's very gentle. and We had a very nice comedy. He's just a guy. I mean, he's just a, yeah. he's just a guy, man. Just a nice. business. He's a he's a hell of an actor,
1: man. Oh, my God, he is. And we started the first question of, of this little conversation was about him fighting a bear. And we got all the way here. You're five out of six. You just passed fellow actor Bill Pullman. You're doing great. All kinds I of other. Yeah. Bill. Dude, Bill's a great guy. He was on the show. He got a
2: five. Uh, no shit. I yeah. love Bill, man. You <laughs> see <laughs> that shit, John? Yeah, he's uh, amazing. Yeah. He, he is so good in the center, man. I just, I watch him and I giggle. I'm going, oh, Bill, great move. <laughs> oh, Bill. Oh, Jesus. How did you? How did you make a whole sheet out of that one line? Oh, I Bill, know.
1: you're me. Doing- great. Actor, really nice guy, likes the yeah. outdoors like you do. Like maybe Bill Pullman should be part of that group with, yeah. with, with, with Gary. Yeah. That's him. Bill, you got to come up. All right. So here we go. You got that one right. Question number seven. We only have four left. So I'm going to finish this up, Jim. Everybody watch Growing Belushi for God's sake. It's so much fun. Question number seven your category, Jim, is rap. Okay, rap. Here is your question. Following his release from prison in 1995, what rapper signed with Death Row Records? The Tupac Two Time. I oh, handle was- the questions, Jim. You're responsible for the answers here,
2: my friend. All right. All right. No, Tupac had passed already. No, he. Okay, uh, let me get Tupac out of my mind. Uh, yeah, let me go on my lifeline. All right, bring him in. This is young Richie Bozek.
1: Richie comes from the California area. Richie, say hello to Jim Belushi.
2: Jim, how you doing? It's great to meet you. How are you, man? Doing well. I'm doing well. Um, you got your Google in front of me? Google this.
1: All right, Richie is highly incentivized here, Jim, because I really think that the care package you could send to him from Belushi Farms, he would probably really enjoy. So 30 seconds, guys. You have on the clock. Again, following his release from prison in 1995, what rapper signed with Death Row Records? Go ahead, guys. Jim, my first thought was Tupac too. I think you're on the right track. Tupac? Yeah, I was going Tupac. Uh, uh,
2: I mean, what? uh, Did he do time Tupac? I know he got thrown in once in a while. He made a joke with me one time. He made bail in order to loop a movie. So, all, all right. right, I'll go with Tupac. I'll go with all Tupac. Right. Yeah, I feel Rich, good Rich, you feel that. good about Tupac? Yeah, I feel I feel pretty good about
1: that. All right, Bozek and Belushi say Tupac Shakur signed with Death Row Records after his release from prison in 1995. Are they correct? Yeah. It's Tupac. Tupac. <laughs> Jim, you want to thank Richie? Thank you, Richie.
2: It is my honor. Yeah.
1: Right. Rich, Richie's looking for some of that Blues Brothers stuff. Um, yeah, You're six out of seven. You just passed Minnesota Vikings quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins, which is great. And we're talking about Tupac. I loved. Uh, okay, let's get into this. Because you were in a movie with him called Gang Related. You're the two leads. I asked you the question about Arnold when you first met him, what you thought. What did you first think when you met Tupac?
2: Uh, we had a fight. Really? he came late he came late to the table read and we went into the producer's room the producer director me and Tupac and we were gonna start talking and I jumped all over him for being late and he got all defensive and he started going I couldn't find a parking spot and in my mind it was like yeah this place was weird I couldn't find one either but I didn't give in and I said well then you leave early you know I, don't, I want a professional I want a guy who comes mm-hmm. in with his lines. This is not a good sign. I don't want you coming with all your buddies smoking, you know, pot. And, you know, I, you know, I want a, I want a real fucking ass. Oh my God. He got up on his feet and we were we were street talking real fast, right? Okay. And I was going, I'm a Chicago kid. They ain't gonna push me out, right? So we were going face to face, yelling, right? And I said, I don't think you have the commitment for a movie like this. And he goes, Commitment? Bail to loop my last movie and I laughed he won because he got me to laugh hard oh, man. he laughed we hugged we were a married couple to the end of the movie oh yeah we had the be- he was like he- we were both musicians right so when we did a scene we never talked about it I would come in hot like I'm doing a lead guitar, and he was like a bassline filling it, right? And then we'd do the second take, and I'd come in low like a bass, and he would rise up, and then we started finding this jam. And so acting-wise, the scenes were so funny. We were jamming musically. We just we had musical rhythms, you know? Damn. He, he was a joy, a joy. It's so great to hear, again,
1: and to hear that he was that talented well, on set.
2: I'm so sad that he's gone, uh-huh. not for his family and his friends, but for him, he was on the road to being one hell of an actor, man. I mean, he was really focused. He was really good. By the way, he went to the high school performing arts. I mean, this guy yeah. was a trained guy. So he was straight up pro, had his lines, was on time. We talked music. He know he was not familiar with Frank Sinatra. I brought into Frank Sinatra's. CD of the golden years and he was just blown away. And then I, you know, I had done a rap on Saturday night live. I said, I was rapping before you were even, you know, in kindergarten, man. And so I did my white guy rap for him. And he laughed. We started talking about doing a rap with fly me to the moon, but <laughs> uh, not because he just loved that song. And we worked on it, worked on it. And he finally said, you know what? This is too melodically perfect to break into. You know, he loved Frank. He, I mean, I, he never really studied Frank until that moment. So we we did music, we did acting. You know, we, we were friendly. You know,
1: it's it's. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a massive shame, but especially to hear you talk about how much you thought of him as an actor and as a human being. Like it would have uh, been, been
2: massive. Yeah, Terrific. He was a terrific artist.
1: He really was. I can tell you, love the guy. And and thanks yeah. for sharing that with me. You're doing amazingly well, Jim. Six out of seven. Here we go. Question number eight. Question number eight. You're a singer. You're a musician. You're going to love this. This category is called Finish the Lyric. I'm going to play for you a popular piece of music, pop song. You're going to hear the lyricist doing his thing, singing, going on and on. It's going to stop at a dime right before the chorus. When it stops, Mr. Belushi, if you please sing the chorus for us. Here we go. Get ready, Jim. Trank it up. I think you're going to know this song. I think you are. Finish this Lyric.
0: All I wish is to be alone. Stay away. Don't you invade my home. Best off if you hang outside. Don't come in. I'll only run and
1: hide. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You're almost there.
3: Never love to be alone. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you want to hear it again, Joe? Yeah, yeah. Hit him again. And it, it's, this is going to, right when it stops, there's this huge sweeping chorus that comes. Ready? Hit him again with it.
0: All I works
2: It's just like a sting song, right? It's that era. What is
1: the chorus? I know you know the song. I know you do. I'll only run in hide chorus Stop. I I can't do I can't give it to you. <laughs> Jim, you know the song. You're gonna kick yourself. You heard it a million times. I I don't know. Give it All to All right, me. here we go. So after the verse, hit me with the chorus. Go. Who can
2: it be
0: now? Who
1: can, Who can, it, be now? Who can it be now? Who can it be now? Jim, you Who? don't know this. Oh. Yeah, I do remember it. Who can it be now? By Men at Work. Men at Work! Saturday Night Live with me. Jesus Christ. Okay. See, that's why your memory is so razor sharp. I'm asking you about Men at Work because October 22nd, 1983, the host of Saturday Night Live was John Candy. The musical guest was Men at Work. And it was the premiere debut episode of Young Jim Belushi on SNL. Do you remember that night?
2: Yeah, I remember. I remember. The thing that I remember the most about that night was I got a lot of pressure not to do that show hmm. because John had done it. Right. And I was like, I'm doing it. What do you mean, man? I'm an actor. I'm a Second City actor. All these people on this show, are most of them from Second City, they created this, this venue for our style of humor. I'm a fan. I want. Who wouldn't want to be on this show? I'm going to turn it down? No, I'm going to do it. Oh, you're going to get beat up. You're going to get killed. They're going to kill you. Nah, let them kill me. I don't care. I'm going to do this show. And I'm nervous. And Monday, the host comes in, and it's John Candy. The original joy boy, John (laughs) Candy. I love that man with all my (laughs) butt. So I see, Johnny, Jimmy, Jimmy, Johnny, Johnny, what do you want to do? What do you want to do on the show, Jimmy? Yeah. I go, John, you're the host. <laughs> you know, we're here to service you. What do you want to do? And he goes, Jimmy, this is your first show on Saturday Night Live. What do you want to do? And I said, well, I'd like to do Johnny <laughs> And we commenced with a couple of the writers sat in the room for two days. And wrote, and it's the only time I ever peed in my pants laughing so hard. <laughs> and I did six scenes on that show that week because of John Candy. And he cared for me and loved me and supported me through that hardest week ever. Hmm. He was he was a real brother, not just there, but in many other situations. But he was he was something. And I was like, come on, let's get some go. Oh, Jimmy, uh, you know, uh, I'm on a diet. Well, I'm not on a diet, I'm on a new lifestyle. <laughs> right. He wow. was always dieting, you know, and I was like, Chad, he would use he used to order rum and diet coke. Okay. I go, John, do you really think you're gonna save calories having a diet coke with all that rum? <laughs> Just get the damn coke. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, 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 life's God, it's the only time
1: after all you've been through, the only time you've peed your pants was that week with yeah, no, We
2: were in that room, and it, it, we couldn't keep a hold of him because he would go from character to character. <laughs> right by, on a roll, and me and the three other writers in there, I was just laughing so hard. Say, wait, let's wait, let's hold on to that. Let's do that one. Let's go to that, and then he'd go off into another. Oh, he was pissed at literally pissed pants funny.
1: God, that's so good. I love Jim. Jim,
2: you're
1: the best. The way that you talk about these people, the like Tupac or Arnold or John, it
2: makes me want to meet them so badly. And yeah, um, and I'm I've, really been, I've I'm nice to people, and and they're nice to me. We mirror each other, you know. And but those gentlemen are extremely talented, and they're performers, so they have open hearts. Mm-hmm. I have an open heart and so they're very open, and beautiful to me. And I'm grateful, especially Johnny and Danny Aykroyd. Wow. You know, when my brother passed, those are the only two people that came up to me at the funeral and said, I'm sorry for your loss. And if you need anything, we're here. And you know, everybody says that, but no, those two swept in, in the coming months and year and, put their arm around me and pulled me in. They were loyal to my brother because they took care of me. And Danny had put me in the Blues Brothers. And when he put me in the Blues Brothers, I didn't want to do it. And he said, you're being silly. I said, well, if you don't think it's weird, then I don't know why I'm thinking it's weird. Ah, absolutely, Jimmy. We're going to keep the spirit of the Blues Brothers and all these great musicians alive. We're going to keep the spirit of Jake Blues alive. We're going to call you Brother Z, not Jake. Brother Z, you're the long-lost brother who lost an opinion that I found who doesn't speak English. (laughs) He's creating this thing. But it was like he took a saw to my chest, opened it up, took my heart out, massaged it with this music. Mm. And it was a life changer. And that was Danny and Johnny, the same kind of thing. They really cared for me and, and loved me, and I love them so deeply.
1: You've got to know some really cool people. And Dan Aykroyd's awesome on Growing Belushi. He plays this sort of ominous, like intimidating. He's going to bust our balls, and he's going to take away the Blues Brothers. It's a great role for him and the way he shows up. It's so good. Please watch. Jim, you have two questions left. I want you to get both of them. Let's do this quickly. Question number nine, all right? Your category, again, is baseball. Here you go, Jim Belushi. Question number nine. Mr. Belvedere star Bob Euchre is the voice of what National League baseball team? Oh, Euchre
2: was on the... uh, He was Detroit. Wasn't he Detroit? Don't know. Euchre was... uh, Bob Euchre. I thought he was Detroit. But he could have moved.
1: In the movie Major League, he's it's the Indians, but that's a movie. In real life, what National League team is he the voice of? Oh, uh, well, Detroit is not a National League team, so that right? cuts you. That, I can help you with that. National League, decades, Bob Uecker.
2: What do you think? St. Louis, uh... It's the Midwest. It's either St. Louis or Milwaukee. It's not the Dodgers. Is he no. the Dodger? I don't think so. Yeah. That'd be Vince Scully. Yes, Vince. That's Vince. What do you think, Jim? It wasn't the Sox. No. Uh, I got to go with St. Louis or or, or Milwaukee. Which gotta, one is it? It's got to be uh, what Milwaukee Braves are. uh it was kind of- St. Louis. He says St. Louis.
1: Unfortunately, Jim, it's Milwaukee. <laughs> That's not
3: correct. <laughs> oh, that was
1: heartbreaking. It's Milwaukee. It's it Milwaukee. 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 It's the Brewers. Um, Jim, I'm asking you about the Brewers because the Brewers are the brew crew. And there's people who make their own beer at home. And it's called home brewing your beer. And they do it in their garage and everything. There's going to be people who watch Growing Belushi. And they're going to say, I want to do what Belushi does. I want to grow marijuana. I want to do it. I want to get into the business. I want to do, what would you tell them? What would be your advice to them? The people listening to this being like, I want to grow weed.
2: Uh, well on the show, we actually show how to grow it at home Mm -hmm. because most States, you can grow six plants for yourself. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of guide you through that. Mm. Um, and give you a you know a store a grow generation which uh, it's like the Ace Hardware of cannabis, yes. uh, but I would not recommend getting into the business. It's a very difficult business. The margins are very thin at this point um, because of the taxation. Uh, if you want to get into it, get into it through the stock market. Mm. There's a- companies there that are very. Vo- very viable and will be around for a long time. Uh, they'll break through all the different uh, highs and lows. Um, but I would say uh, stay out of it.
1: Okay. I love that advice because it's not all uh, clouds and unicorns and everything's going to be great. It's very practical.
2: I don't know. Listen, last year was my best year and I broke even. And that's I'm I'm so happy. That's great. Okay. You broke
1: even and you're happy. All right. Well, Jim, you've done unbelievably better than breaking even on this show. As we get to our last question, you're six out of nine. I'd like you to get it. Every question number 10 for every contestant since we started this show is an essay question where I find an opinion of yours or a thought, and I'm not so sure about it. So I offer you the floor for whatever time you want to explain it. And I have one that you volunteered to the world. Question number 10, Jim Belushi's essay, The Star of Growing Belushi. Jim, you once asked on Twitter... Where people come out should you wash new clothes before you wear them what is your answer to this and advise the people and advise me
2: Well I know what my wife would say she wants everything before we touch it you know I'm like no way it's fine they have, they have all kinds of specs that that they have to they have to abide by before they put it in the package uh, you can put it right on. Absolutely.
1: Right on. No wash, no, no, not even run some water over it, right off the rack. No I
2: mean, run some water over the lettuce you buy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the fruits. But uh, no, sure, take it right out of the boat, boat, put it on, take the pins out. Let's go. Couldn't be more right. Wash your apples, but
1: put those polo shirts right on. That is a correct answer. That is another point. And Jim Belushi, you have finished the 10 questions with a seven out of ten. How's it feel?
2: Well, how about seven and a half with
1: the Euchre one? I mean, I had a (laughs) a The game officially starts when the contestant bitches about their score. And so we did it. Guess what? Seven out of ten or seven and a half beats Aaron Rodgers. You finally the Bears beat the Packers. Finally, (laughs) I
2: want that point. I want that point.
1: (laughs) Jim, last order of business. Every single person does this. What I need from you before you go is what we call a call out. I want you to think of some public figure in your life that you know that would come into this dojo here and try to beat your seven out of ten. Who do you think would be good in this environment? Anybody you want? Oh,
2: Rob Lowe would be awesome. Rob Lowe, talk to the camera. Tell him. Hey, Rob, you should do the show, man. This is really, it's right up your alley, man. You'll have a good time. You're a good time. This guy's a great time, man. You should do it. And you probably, probably eight out of 10. You're pretty smart.
1: Okay. It's been thrown down. Rob Lowe, come in and go against Miss Man, Mr. Belushi. He says he has always been in the business of making people happy. You've done it on screen. You do it in your farm. You did it here at Jim. I mean, this, like, you are a joy to talk to. I love the show. I feel like, you know, you're hanging out on my porch this God. afternoon. I would love to hang out on your porch. River.
3: Yeah, it's, it's absolutely nice. beautiful.
1: Um, think- Jim, you're the best. Thank you very, very much to the dog, to the farm, to everybody. You got a 7 out of 10. That is Jim Belushi, an absolute legend. Everybody watch Growing Belushi, season 2, January 19th, 10 p.m. on Discovery Channel. And we will you see you next time on 10 Questions. This episode of 10 Questions was produced by Arjuna Ramgopal, Richie Bozek and Isaiah Lakeley.
2: This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. If you're busy like me and you're trying to catch your kids' games.